I'm starting to think that maybe we should do a potluck thing. Potluck, potluck. The potluck is going really great. A potluck. Seriously. Seriously. This is the Incredible Inman's Pop Culture Potluck. Okay, welcome to the potluck. My name's David Inman. I'm here with my brother, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, hi David. We get together every so often to talk about different memories that we have from when we were kids and Usually they center around movies and TV or music. And uh, we thought it'd be fun this time around to look at, at movies that we remember from when we were kids and also the way we, we used to watch movies because for us, the drive-in was a <clears throat> significant part of, of our growing up. Show starts in eight minutes. Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. And uh, and I guess we should start by talking about our, our earliest kind of movie memories and what's involved in those. Well, the first movie memory that I have is, is kind of vague, but I have a feeling it was probably at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, at the time, and, and back in the day, we in the town that we lived in, we had two drive-ins, uh, and there were more it, it, fairly close by. So it's not like we had a shortage of drive-ins. Yeah. And I don't know what it cost. It probably two dollars a car load or something like that. And and my mom, uh, actually, my mom and my aunt would take a, a big car load of kids, and we'd go to the drive-in. And uh, I think it was mostly uh, Disney movies that we saw, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, or, or like That Darn Cat, or another something that Dean Jones was in. Uh, I don't know all the specifics, but I think that was my that was my first memory uh, of movies, and it probably wasn't until, oh, probably when I was eight or ten, or somewhere in that neighborhood, that we started actually going to the theater. Yeah. Well, I think drive-ins were really handy, you know, for parents with young kids because they could go to the movies. The kids, we'd go, we'd get on mm-hmm. our pajamas, and we'd go to the drive-in and play. There was usually a playground down in front, and we would play until it got dark or until the movie started, and then we'd go back up to the cars. My, <clears throat> But my very first drive-in memory actually has to do with being really afraid by something I saw and not that my parents took us to scary movies because they didn't like them any more than we did, but there was a preview for a movie. From ancient Genesis to the modern screen, is the name written in blood, Ega! And it was a movie about a caveman who came to life in the 20th century and was terrorizing these teenagers, and it was called Ega. She ravishing Marilyn Manning in a thrilling, chilling story. And I remember, I remember the preview, which was really scary because the teenagers were trying to get away from the caveman in like an old hot rod that had a running board on it, and he was standing on the running board outside the window, and like, ah! Was so this I'm, actually a movie? Yeah. 
So there was that, and then when you would go to the refreshment stand, there was a poster for the coming attractions, and there was a poster from it, too. So I, I got it everywhere I looked. It was real, yes. And I didn't really remember the name of the movie or anything about it until I was in my, I don't know, mid-20s, and a book came out called The Golden Turkey Awards, which was about the worst movies ever made. And Ega was one of the worst movies they named it ever made, and that's when I made the connection. But that's probably my earliest. Uh, and that was in what year did that come out? It was like 61 or 62, oh, wow. so I would have been four or five. Yeah. And uh, just still, you know, remember it to this day. It was very, very traumatic. Yeah, and, it, and this, this whole idea of being in our pajamas, uh, I don't know if other kids did this, but we would go to the grocery in our pajamas. Uh, we, you know, the drive-in was... You know, was, really, people do that today. We were just kind of trendsetters. <laughs> you see people at Target in sweatpants. Wearing or slippers. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, I don't know. And if I, I think about that today, and people that would let their kids run around at a drive-in in, in pajamas seems a little bizarre to me, but whatever. I guess we must have had on shoes, or we would have, like, cut ourselves on, I don't, I don't know. know, broken don't glass know. or something. But, that, but I do remember... And then also, uh, our dad had a van. Mm -hmm. uh, he had several of them through the years, but he had one that was a, was fairly new, I assume. It right? was. It was a new Ford Econoline van. It was totally unfinished on the inside. So he was using it as a delivery van. And we went to the drive-in the night he bought it to see how the West was won. Oh, my gosh. And... It's like totally metal. It's like metal floor, metal sides, and we took like blankets and thought it was really exciting to like sleep on the metal so floor of a, of a truck. But it was, yeah, that was, so that had to be like, I think the movie came out in like 62 or 63. So we were small. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, there were other things that we saw there, and that was really the, the, um, I mean, the whole idea of the drive-in is one thing, okay? Sitting in your car watching a movie. But this giant screen, I don't know how many feet wide yeah. or tall it was, but it was this humongous yeah. screen. And little did I know that it was the, you know, when you go into the theater, it was going to look the same way that it looked at the drive-in, except it wasn't as big as the drive-in, I don't right, think. Yeah. But, yeah, the drive-in uh, screens were huge. And, and like you say, we had several in our in our uh, <clears throat> neighborhood that we would go to. And mostly we would see like comedies or Disney movies. Like I remember seeing Mr. Hobbs Takes a Vacation with Jimmy Stewart and some Doris Day and Rock Hudson movies. The big one for me, because it was the first time I'd ever stayed up late enough to like watch a second feature, yeah. was Good Neighbor Sam with Jack Lemmon. Yes. I felt very, I must have been about seven or eight at that point and felt very, very grown up yes. that I'd made it that I long. still remember some of the theme music from that. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe we saw it later. It's kind of distinctive, yeah. And then later, you know, it was funny because the only time I went to the drive-in to see, like, more serious movies was when I would go with our neighbors, the Livermores. I remember they took me to see The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and you only live twice. Ooh. 
I think it was maybe even a double feature. I don't know. But it was very, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly had violence, and it was out west. And by then I was probably 10 or 11, and uh, that was a real eye-opening experience for me. Yeah, that, um, I don't remember. Of course, I probably wasn't old enough at the time. And that was one of the advantages of you being the older one. You could get the movie. You could go see the really bad movies, and if they were bad, I didn't have to go see them. Yeah, I could get traumatized. Yeah, and there was a, there was one other drive-in in our area that is still in existence today. I don't. I, I think they are, and they still show movies. The Georgetown. Yes. Oh that, yeah. That we uh, we spent mm-hmm. time at, but in a different way. We were the the. the our dad had a a business, and and Dave and I both worked there uh, a few summers together. And we would deliver food to this drive-in. It's called the Georgetown Drive-In. And Dave, if you don't know this, uh, Dave was a is a movie connoisseur. Uh, and so whenever he saw a movie poster somewhere, he was going. If mm-hmm. he could, he, you wouldn't just steal them. At least not that I know of. No. Uh, he had a, a quite a collection of movie posters, and I'm assuming you still do. Yeah, some of them I've sold, but I still have a lot, but yeah. Yeah, and so one of the things about the drive-in was they would keep all the old movie posters somehow. They'd kind of have them spread out around the, mm-hmm. the lobby, and he ended up getting some a bunch of them. So. Or they were selling them for a dollar a piece. Oh, is that what it yeah. was? Yeah, okay. so, which was an amazing price. I mean, they were in, you know not so great quality some of them but i still bought them anyway but yeah yeah that was that was quite a drive-in the georgetown it still exists in georgetown indiana it has they have two screens now so you can like park and look at one screen and then look out the back of your car and see the other one yeah. without the sound so but but um I, I do notice i did notice that uh that that is one and i, I didn't know they had two screens i thought they just still had one so there's half the crowd looking one way right and half the crowd looking like, the other way they're like uh perpendicular they're, they're like this so there's a screen here and oh, there's I a see. screen here they're like at a 90 or that 45 45, 45 degree angle from each other the big thing about so when we worked for my dad the georgetown drive-in <clears throat> this was the summer of 76 or 77 and Smokey and the bandit yes sir. had just come out And it was the greatest thing in the Georgetown Drive-In history because they played it, I think they played it every, they played it all summer long, basically. It stayed there all summer long. And the guy, the owner would call up and go, well, you still got a huge crowd for smoking the band and bring some more French fries or, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Georgetown is still still exists, and it's an old school. I mean, grassy slopes. It's like really old school. Yes, yeah, very much. Pretty very cool. little gravel. It's just like driving in somebody's yard. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but then, but also as a as a a bit of a um, a tie to that is that the the other uh, as we got into going to the theater, there was a movie theater fairly close to where we lived that at the time it started as two theaters and then it eventually turned into four 
Mm-hmm. That was the it was like a fourplex, you know. <laughs> they just divided the two theaters, each <laughs> yeah. two theaters in half. But basically. they they still exist, and actually, I te- that's where I teach my music lessons, not in the theater, but in the same building that the theaters were in. So I still go in. Are the theaters themselves still? No, the screens are not. Now the floor that is sort of, <laughs> you know, it's just a room with a sloped floor. Right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I saw uh, I saw a White Lightning. There, mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. That was a big hit. Yeah, uh, Live and Let Die. I saw there, and oh, I, I can't even. There's, a, I think I saw Jaws there. Um, yeah, but anyway, that, it was. I mean, yeah, for us it was a big deal because most of our the movie theaters were in Louisville, across the river from us, and this was local. And the thing that I'll always remember seeing at Grant Plaza was the Last Picture Show. It came out in 1971, and I was 14 and starting to get interested in movies, and I'd heard this movie was really good. It also happened to be rated R, and it had a fair amount of of female nudity in it. And so I talked my dad into taking me to see it, not because of that, but because I'd heard it was a good movie. And he wasn't really expecting the amount of nudity that was in it, and uh, it kind of led to this touching moment because after the movie was over my mom had dropped us off at the movie theater and he said uh, instead of getting a ride back let's let's walk back and so yeah and so we, we walked home and he used that time to kind of explain to me everything he thought I should know about the birds and the bees and by then I was 14 and I learned everything on the schoolyard like everybody else so but it was really a sweet gesture on his part. He was just trying to make sure that I understood and and trying to explain it as best he could. Mm. But it's, you know, it's one of those memories. A lot of times you have memories associated with movies that don't really have anything to do with the movie itself, mm-hmm. but just, you know, being with people or stuff like that. I thought there was some sort of moral lesson from the last picture show. Like, oh, you know, well, that movie, it talks about this, and mm-hmm. maybe we should talk about that. But it wasn't. It was just a... No, it was just straight, you know, birds and the bees. And you walked home from the theater. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't that far, but it was, you know, it was unusual. And and it was was a good memory for me because it just was, uh, first of all, that he, you know, took me to see it and then, you know, felt like, felt the need to kind of walk back afterwards because... Wow. Yeah, so yeah. That's pretty cool. But Grant, this, this movie theater was our line to see movies much more often than we would have definitely otherwise because definitely. when we were kids the main theater drag in louisville was along fourth street which is right in the middle of downtown and along there you had several uh the ohio theater always showed the walt disney movies it seemed like the united artists the mary anderson the rialto <clears throat> was a huge old movie theater that showed the sound of music for like literally years it was played there for that long and we saw it there when we were kids but you were talking or you mentioned something about uh oh yeah
Patton. Yes. So uh, that was in 1970 when Patton came out, and it was a big deal because, well, it was a big deal because there were some. Uh, it was very violent and very graphic, and I th- and I don't I assume that it was sort of like at the on the leaning edge of uh, graphic violence and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so, it, and I don't know what it was rated. It couldn't was it rated R? It couldn't have been. I think it must have been rated back then. It was like M for mature audiences. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, we uh, the two of us. Um, I don't. I don't remember if we were asking for a ride and we just couldn't get one, but we took the bus. Yeah. We public transportation, two little skinheads, <laughs> and we. I was ten. You were thirteen. 13 so yeah. it wasn't any. I mean, it wasn't like we were little boys in diapers. <laughs> Although, I was still. I, no, I was out of diapers. By then. <laughs> we went to the theater, and it was. Um, I do remember it was kind of snowy mm-hmm. that day, kind of cold. I remember that we had um, Funyuns for lunch that day, <laughs> and I may may have overdone it on those. Uh, but but I, I do remember that I was I, I went to the movie with some fear that mm, I'm not so sure about all this, you know, and and it just so happened that that the week prior to us going to the movie to Patton, I had been out of school because of some stomach problems. That's a whole nother <laughs> story. And and so then the opening scene came right. of Patton of the battlefield, and there go the old stomach problems again. <laughs> and so I made it through about half the movie, and then I went out to the lobby and just decided that I'd had enough. And so I just waited out in the lobby until it was done. And of course, you—I think it was—it was just the two of us, right? I want to say we had somebody else with us, but I can't remember who it was. Well, be. anyway, you—it may have been yeah. maybe you and. Whoever else came out and would just tell me, you missed it. It was so good, you know, you big sissy and all this other stuff. So we just let you sit out in the lobby the whole time? Yeah, yeah. And I was going to eat some popcorn, <laughs> but I didn't because my stomach was so... Now I'll throw that up just as soon as... Uh, but it was... Uh, that was... a, And then I... And then I didn't... And not until later, as an adult, did I watch the whole movie of Patton and realize how tame... Compared right. to like Saving Private Ryan or right. some of these other yeah. movies, it was really nothing. Now, uh, you know, the first bus trip that we took to Louisville that I remember was to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, at the Mary Anderson Theater and we went and we saw it and then we like walked across the street to like a burger chef or something to get some lunch and as we were eating the the bus went by and I guess we were just too dumb to realize there'd be another one in like 20 minutes so we just, yeah we decided we needed to get up and run after the bus so we got up and left the restaurant literally running down the street after the bus, chased it for a couple blocks, got to it, and the bus driver looked at us and shook his head no and just took off. Well, then we realized that we'd left all of our money on our trays at Burger Chef. <laughs> Maybe we were too young to be traveling on a bus. I just can't. I... So we ran back to Burger Chef, and all of our money had been was taken because they cleared off the table. And we ended up having to call Rodney S. Griggs' parents to come pick us up. Oh, my gosh. 
So, so we didn't take the bus back to... No, they brought us back. Oh. I think they probably gave us a little talking to, too, but I don't really remember that. But the, the Talking about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, that um, there was one scene, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know what... Uh, actually, I, I have gone back to look at it on YouTube, and it's I don't know if it's the child napper or the child something like that. Something yeah. I forget what it was called, but that was scary as hell for mm-hmm. a little kid. Mm-hmm. I don't I was ten or twelve or something. Right. Scared me to death. Yeah. But yeah, it's and that was supposed to be you know that's not like Patton. That's a kid. This is a kids movie. It's supposed to be fun, and it was like <laughs> there were there were scenes in that 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 were a little on the creepy side. Yeah. And then, you know, as we got into our teens, or as I got into my teens, um, 73, The Exorcist, that was oh, yeah. a big deal um, <laughs> in so many ways. We never saw it. I, did you ever see it? I'm too big of a chicken. I'm yeah, I've still see never it. seen it. But it was, it was, it was, uh, it was people would, you know, would tell you, you would hear the buzz around school or whatever if your friends, it's the scariest movie that's ever been made. You know, and people, that's, they carry people dead out of the theater, <laughs> and the one, and the girl with her head spinning around, and yeah. that was enough for me to stay away. I, <laughs> I did not. And then the theme song uh, was creepy, eerie. Yeah. Um, and so we stayed away from that. And then there was the Omen about that time. I did see the Omen, and I don't even I don't even know why. I think it was because we had some friends who worked at a movie theater in Clarksville. Yes. And we would just go over there and hang out because once they, once everybody went into the movie, they didn't really have a whole lot to do except like, you know, if they worked the refreshment stand, they'd serve popcorn. So we just go over there and sit around and look in on different movies and stuff. And that's where I think I saw The Omen, which had its violent parts too, but for some reason it didn't bother me that night. Yeah, and, and speaking of that theater, one of the highlights for us there was uh, Blazing Saddles in 74. Oh, yeah. Uh, where we did not, I don't know why, I don't know who designed this or who t- suggested it, but we um, we did not sit, our mom and dad took us, I was only 14, you were 17, so and it was rated R, so technically you could have gotten in if yeah. you... Yeah. I couldn't have, but since my well, folks, by then I'd seen the last picture show. You know, yeah, so, you were quite experienced. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, Blazing Saddles, and I do think that Mel Brooks, in some ways, makes movies for thirteen and fourteen-year-old boys because they laugh hysterically oh, at them, especially certain scenes. And we just we sat a couple rows in front of our parents. Yeah, because we were too cool. Yeah, and we just laughed uncontrollably, especially the. I won't mention the scene, but it was just... I think everybody probably knows what you're talking about. I don't know. But anyway, it's... And my parents probably got a kick out of it. I don't think they laughed at it. My mom may have thought it was kind of funny. but um, And then, you know, along the same lines, Mel Brooks was... Anything he did from that point forward, we were extra oh, yeah. interested yeah. in. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein, yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I had never seen the producers until 
I got to be an adult, which is, I think, a hilarious movie also. Right. But I probably wouldn't have got got it when mm-hmm. I was younger. No, um, Young Frankenstein and uh, Silent Movie yeah. and uh, that kind of run that he did there for a while. And it was at our kind of peak movie-going times. You know, we were teenagers, and most weekends we would go to see a movie somewhere. As mm-hmm. a group, we just had a group of friends who kind of just did that from week to week, and it was really really fun yeah and we were <clears throat> we were also big woody allen fans mm-hmm. um and so everything that he did yeah we went to see and Sleep some were better than others and yeah yeah um but it, we didn't care at our age we just wanted to see it you know we yeah. thought it was funny well and you know it was we were also kind of going to movies to see you know hints of nudity that we couldn't see because we couldn't yet get into r-rated movies and i remember the james bond movies were always really good for those because yes. You'd have like silhouettes of naked women in the credits, or you'd have like you know a woman showing her bare back in like diamonds or forever or something. It, they would always just skirt the edge of of nudity, you know, without oh, being yes. rated R. Oh, and yes. so the the teenage boys like us would be uh, would be all over that. And then that reminds me of back to drive-ins for a second. Do you remember when last Tango in Paris played at the Clarksville <laughs> Drive-in? I don't, but you do. This was a drive-in that was <clears throat> right next to a four-lane highway in our town. Screen and the screen, you could see the screen from the road, and there was nothing blocking it because usually they played, you know, regular movies. But Last Tango in Paris came there, and you could literally see when it was playing lines on the highway of just cars like going as slowly past the drive-in as they could, you know, just on the chance that they might and in the movie has nudity in it obviously but it's, it's not all nudity but i remember doing that a time or two to just kind of drive you know i'm just gonna slow down yeah here i think i'll go and, this uh, way yeah yeah on the highway i don't i don't uh i never saw it um and i, and I don't I've think go- i've ever seen it either no i don't know that it's a i yeah i won't go into the details but yeah <laughs> and then there was a, there were a lot of our movie experience at least i think it was uh, we saw there are movies that we remember because we saw them on a Friday night, because the Friday night at the movies, either on CBS yeah. or NBC or whatever, we would, if it was a uh, a big movie, we would stay up and try to watch the whole thing. Very seldom did I make it through the whole thing, uh, but I do remember. Um, there's a couple that I remember. It's a mad, 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 mad world was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made it to the end because I, I don't even know why. I mean, it, it was there were stars in it. I guess they were all. I didn't know that they were stars, but like Jonathan Winters, yeah, and Buddy Hackett. And, I think I just like the car chases and, and yeah. You know, I saw it also. It was re-released to theaters in 1970, and I went over to Louisville to watch it in a theater. And really thought it was, you know, I was 13, so I thought it was the best movie I'd ever seen because of all the the people in it and the cars and the stunts and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, And there were a few performances in that movie that really stood out for me. Yeah. One was Dick Sean. Dick Sean is great in that Sylvester, movie. Yeah. whatever his last name was. And Jonathan Winters is pretty funny in that Yes, movie. he was. And Spencer Tracy, was that one? Was that, mm-hmm. It wasn't his last movie, was it? No, it was one of his last, but... Uh, but yeah, and it's you know it's it's a star-studded cast, and it's got and a lot of people doing cameos like Jack Benny and Jerry Lewis and mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
the Three Stooges and, and all kinds of... And the object was to just gimmick it up as much as you could and, yeah. and make it as elaborate as possible. And, and uh, it's still a movie I like to watch every once in a while. I don't... I kind of skip through parts of it because it, it does get a little long. But. I've got one of those lists, too, that are movies that if they're on and I'm not watching, I'll watch as much of it right. as I can, if not all of it. Yeah. Um, that's one of them for me, too. I don't know why, but it is. It just, you know, and again, it, it almost doesn't have anything to do with the movie. It just brings back memories of, yeah. of uh, where you were at the time you saw it. I mean, I just thought that movie was amazing when I was 13, you know. And, and so it just kind of takes me back to what I was thinking. You know, The Great Race, I think, is another movie like that. Mm-hmm. You could argue that it's not the greatest movie ever, but it has it has funny stuff in it, and it, it has good people in it. It's also kind of long, but you know yes. when you see it and you're a kid, it's got all the antique cars, car races, you know, a lot High of action. Fight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was the same way, and I and I had really forgotten about the movie um, until with when my kids were little, we went to Florida on a vacation, and. I think one of the kids was sick, which never happens when we go on vacation. Every vacation a kid gets sick. <laughs> but we were we were stuck in maybe it was raining that day and a kid was sick. But nevertheless, we were stuck in the room and we're watching TV and the great race comes on and I it kind of caught me by surprise. Oh, wait a minute, you know, this is and so then with my girls, I have two girls and a son, I said, "Hey, we need to watch this. It's it's kind of funny, you know. I'm thinking, oh gosh, I hope they like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they did. And so we we got in about halfway through, uh, and then it became one of those things that they they know that it was. I wouldn't say it was my favorite movie, but like you said, it has well, a lot of that's really good really, memories. Yeah, exactly. And it's great that you were able to kind of share those with them. You know, and I don't know why this made me think of it, but my grandmother, my mom's mother would would go with us to the movies Mm -hmm. and it was always interesting to see what she thought was funny and she would uh, the hardest i ever ever saw her laugh was when we went to see that's entertainment and donald o'connor did make him laugh make him laugh make him laugh don't you know everyone wants to laugh <laughs> my dad said be an actor my son oh yeah she just oh, she gosh, couldn't I get her breath i mean she was just almost on the floor for that and so and she would go with us to see i remember she went with us to see the sting young um, frankenstein she did she thought marty feldman was <laughs> hilarious every time he came on the screen she would start laughing Yes, that's funny you say that. I'd kind of forgotten about that's, that. That is funny. Yeah, wow. she thought he was hilarious. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, just to see your grandparents in that kind of setting and to see them really, really crack up, I mean, she just, <laughs> she loved that. It's, and it's pretty funny. you gotta got to go along with that. But, uh, oh, my gosh. Then, then um, uh, another, another place, besides the theaters and besides the drive-in, and, and the Friday night at the movies, there was also a local station that had a um, movie of the week or, or something. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was on in the afternoon at like 4 o'clock, yeah. right? From right. 4 until the news came on. Yeah. And uh, there was always some dandies in there. <laughs> no, most of them were pretty rotten, you know. But, but I remember seeing the birds uh, hmm. on that, and that was pretty scary. Yeah, um, yeah. That was one of those ones. It was also on like... 
Saturday night at the movies or something like that. Right. And the next Monday in the playground, it was the hot topic of conversation because, it, you know, did you see that part where the bird, you know, pecked out the guy <laughs> in the telephone booth or did, you know, kids just, and of course at that point it was probably censored for television, so it wasn't as explicit as it was on screen, but still, you felt like you were a, a grown-up kid if you watched that. Or I remember when Psycho was on TV. Right, yeah. And everybody kept talking about that. Yeah. Well, the the um, the birds was just one of the, again. It's it's all about what your environment was while we, you were actually watching. Mm-hmm. I could just remember that our mom was cooking something on the pressure cooker, <laughs> and you know you would hear this the steam thing getting ready house. to just blow up, and <laughs> this lady's getting attacked by birds. It was um, it was really that's a sound crazy. effect Alfred Hitchcock never thought of. <laughs> <laughs> He never, he never used a pressure cooker, I guess not. obviously. Uh, you know, that um, was a standard around our house, that's yeah. for sure. So there was a lot of those. <laughs> the Incredible Mr. Limpet was another 4 o'clock movie that came on after school. Don Knotts um, was, it was half animated and half yeah. uh, a real movie. And that was, and I remember feeling, getting that feeling when Mr. Limpet was separated from his girlfriend and, Oh, I mean, this feeling of abandonment just came over yeah, me, like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. you know, it was terrible. No, I know. It uh, was. I guess it's. I mean, it was kind of Disneyish, I guess. But yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, when you're a kid, you just you see that stuff. And I remember Pinocchio. Just mm. you know, really, it wasn't until I saw it until I was like, it was re-released when I was like 15. But when I was a kid and saw it, you know, he gets separated from his father mm-hmm. he gets caught inside a whale he almost turns into a I mean there's heavy duty stuff in there and it's just f- so funny how it's it's designed as a kids movie but it's it's uh, uh, well uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz was the oh. same way for me <laughs> you know when the tornado came along I mean I had this fear of tornadoes all through my teens because of that and also, it just seemed like, you know, you watch The Wizard of Oz today, and it's just a little under two hours long. When I was a kid, it was like it lasted seven hours. And I don't know, if, and they would show it every year on TV and put in a lot of commercials, so they probably padded it out. But still, I just remember it just seeming to go on forever and ever, and I was trying to hold out going to the bathroom until it was over with. And it was, sometimes it was a losing battle. So. It was pretty intense. I mean, for a little kid, it was for me. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Great Escape was another Friday night at the movies, mm-hmm. being up late and trying to make it to the end. You know, <laughs> I can remember uh, when he when he stole the motorcycle toward when Steve McQueen stole the motorcycle toward the end. That's when I started fading, and I don't think I ever made it. I don't think I ever made it to the very end. Yeah, but until I was a grown up, just and I get could to watch, freedom already. I just, yeah, really. He's like, and, watch me ride this for like fifteen minutes, and then we'll get to freedom. Well, it was. I mean, I thought it was a well done movie. It is, you know, I, but it's long. I yeah. mean, it's it's like two and a half hours long. And I mean, my son, who uh, is really interested in history and World War II, we've watched it together a couple of times, and uh, uh, it's a it's still a good movie. It's got great stuff in it. It's really good. Yeah. So as we got older, um, the the main movie drag in our town, Fourth Street, we were talking about kind of started to close down and and the suburbs kind of became the place to go to see movies and right. in the late 60s a place opened in our town that was that was kind of out on at that point kind of out on the city limits I guess mm-hmm. and and uh, 
that was where you went for all the big movies. And the first movie I remember going to see at Showcase was Funny Girl. Yes. And I remember we, all of us, you, me, my sister, and my mom went. Mom drove. And I remember it took her, it seemed to take like three hours to even get there. Because it was 20 minutes from our house. There was an expressway to get there, but Mom was not crazy about driving the expressway. I think we went straight out Bardstown Road. Just, I'm sure. Which, which it just seemed to take forever. And we got there and saw Funny Girl. My mom loved Barbara Streisand. And, uh, so did I. That was probably the first movie we saw there. But that kind of yeah. became when we were teenagers and got our licenses and we're driving and hanging out with friends. We would That, that became kind of the main... It started out as two cinemas, and then they started like splitting them in half or building on. And finally, what did they finally end up with? Like thirteen? I was going to say like twenty. Yeah, it was a lot, and it was the main place in town for a movie to come. And uh, so we spent a lot of our time there. All of Louisville did on a on a Saturday night. The traffic, uh, getting in there was was pretty intense, but it was. It was the main place to go to see uh, to see movies for a really long time here in town. And I remember that it was, the cost was like three to five dollars. <laughs> yeah, seemed astronomical to get in, and yeah. I was like, "Oh boy, I'm going to have to save up," you know. <laughs> Especially if you're taking a date, and you know. That's a different story. Yeah, we saw. I did see Star Wars there. Yeah. Um, that was in what seventy eight. Seventy seven. Seventy seven. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't. I mean, I I was not a big. I, I saw Star Wars because everybody else saw it, and I thought I should see it. <laughs> but I was not really that taken with it and the whole idea. I was kind of confused. I saw The Empire Strikes Back at the same place. Yeah. And that was the same way. I just kind of thought, really, why am I doing this? You know. <laughs> um, but anyway, we 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 um, we have great uh, movie memories. You have, you know, I was telling somebody before we started today that. You know, people probably know this that are listening, but you know, you you were a movie tri- movie and television trivia buff. You are, and mm-hmm. you had a column here in the paper for a long time. And I said, me talking about my experience with movies is kind of like somebody sitting down with with um, Stephen Hawking and saying, "Hey, let's go look at the stars." <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Really I mean, flat. but it's it's also see, you're really into music. So it would really be like like when we talk about music, I'm not nearly as, as knowledgeable about it as you are. So, I mean, well, everybody's got their stuff. Well, you, I mean, but yeah, I thought when you said movies, I thought, man, you got to be kidding. My little, <laughs> my little, uh, my few little experiences with movies and all the ones that you've seen. and. You but know. you know, it's funny because we each came up with our memories for this and they, they're, they're, they parallel each other yeah, quite, quite a bit. Yeah, so. yeah. It was, you know, it, it, and there was something about the experience seeing movies downtown, and one I can't re- believe we've forgotten about it this far is Mary Poppins. Yeah, you've got it written down. I do because it was, uh, I mean, that was a big deal. It was playing at probably what was the nicest movie theater in town, the mm-hmm. United Artists, mm-hmm. and I remember getting all. We went on like a Friday night. And we were all we were dressed up. We were wearing like bow ties and sport coats and <laughs> I'm wearing a bow tie right now. <laughs> you were four or five. I was seven or eight. But it was a it was a major major deal. Was are you sure it was Mary Poppins and it wasn't the sound of music? 
pretty sure. I do remember seeing the sound of music, yeah. but I remember Mary Pop. I remember going in the lobby of the United Artists Theater mm -hmm. to see Mary Poppins, mm -hmm. and the the and sound of music was across the street at the Rialto. Oh, okay. See, so only you would know that. But you know, Sound of Music is one of those movies that, like, I really couldn't get into until like the Nazis started coming and there were car chases. I mean, the beginning was good, yeah, fine, fine traps and all that. But, but uh, <laughs> I just, I just liked it. Um, I don't know how old I was when it came out, but I let's put it this way: I thought that sixteen was like over the hill. <laughs> You know, man, I am 16. I thought, man, she is old, you know? But I she, I don't know what her name was. What was the lady? Oh, Liesel? I don't know. She was cute. And she yeah. started singing. I thought, okay, Charmaine, I think I like this movie. Charmaine Hawkins. And, you know, it's funny. Louisville is a very Catholic city. And I think that's one of the reasons... The Sound of Music's played at the Rialto for as long as it did. Because I bet you there were like field trips going during the week from all the Catholic schools. And, and people going to see it over and over again. And it was just, it literally played in Louisville. I think it played here like three years. It was like one of the last movies the Rialto played before it got torn down. Yeah. Well, who, who was this person, Mary Anderson, that the Mary Anderson Theater She was, was an actress at? who... Became famous on Broadway and then did a few movies, but not very many. Was she but, from the area? Yeah, she was from Louisville. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was it was in her honor, and that was that was another theater that that doesn't exist anymore. A real narrow mm -hmm. theater. And they they seem to do the Ohio and the Mary Anderson seem to do most of the Disney movies. The only thing I remember at the Mary Anderson was the Seven Ups, <laughs> and <laughs> the, that was right the about cop movie. Yeah, right about the time that Patton, because I know that. Before Patton came on, we were just kind of roaming the street. Right. I guess we were roaming the streets and looking around. We were trying to make sure you were you were not going to throw up. I guess I was. It was touch and go there for a while, but I made it. But <laughs> the Mary Anderson. I also remember seeing uh, a, the Disney movie, the one and only genuine original family band there, <laughs> with Fred McMurray and I forget who else, and it was. And Disney movies used to be huge attractions, and there were always long lines. Like I remember, do you remember the line to see that darn cat at the yes, Ohio? I, I mean, sure it went all the way down Fourth Street, and so this one was really, really crowded. I think we barely got in, and I was like sitting on the floor. I don't even remember, but it was really <laughs> crowded. And, and but I have a memory of seeing that, and also I think that's where we saw the Maltese Bippy. I don't remember. I know the title, but I don't remember the movie. Maybe that was Bobby Livermore. It was Ronan Martin had just become big through Ronan Martin's laugh-in, and so they made this pretty bad movie in, like, 69. And my orthodontist was in the same building as the Mary Anderson Theater, so I think I, like, during the summer, took the bus over to go see my orthodontist and then go see the Maltese Bippy. Because I remember... <laughs> I went to my orthodontist, and he was getting me ready to get braces, and he put spacers in my teeth, little plastic spacers. And I remember during the movie, two of the spacers came out. So that was... <laughs> did you swallow them, or what No, did you... I just kind of kept rolling them around on my tongue, and then I took them out. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I still can't. I, I just have a hard time with getting on the bus. I mean, we just... My my kids wouldn't even know what a bus is, really. And, and, and granted, it's not as available now as it was back then. No, and it. it was, I mean, I started, when I was in junior high and started going to the orthodontist, 
mom would say, you know, just get on a bus from Parkview and go to Louisville. And it was right up the street, but it was, and so I would do that instead of her taking me, probably because she had you and Amy to look after. And so I took the bus over to 4th Street, went to read more, bought some comic books, and then got back on the bus and came home. Yeah, and it was, it was a much more commonplace thing. And that was, so that, at that point, I'm like 12 or 13. So that would have been what? 69. Yeah. Something like that. So I just I just can't believe that we did. Th- I mean, I can believe that we did it, but it of course, was just I that- mean, they did it too. You know, their generation. Sure. It was much more common for them, so I guess they didn't see any. And I guess I was too dumb to be like. I actually kind of liked the idea because I could go to read more after the dentist and get comic books and look at toys and stuff and then get on the bus and come home. So I kind of like. So that it. means you had money too. I guess I did. You son of a gun. I probably, what I did was I skipped lunch that day and then took a dollar with me. And you just had your spacers for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> These are good. That was, uh, yeah, there there was, uh, man, there was, there's so many more movies. I mean, I, I don't want to go through like, now 1970, <laughs> let's go through the top 10, you know. No, I think we've done a good job of hitting it, but I mean, and there's no reason we can't ever do a sequel to this this episode too, but... Uh, well, what people should know too is that, um, being is that we were so ate up with movies and what was, you know, being big fans, that you were a movie maker and you made uh, movies... Yeah. That that uh, like we did we did a version of I don't know what ours was called was it called the Sting? The Stink. The Stink. There you go. Clever. We that we would go we would go see a movie called The Sting with uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Then we went to Goodwill and bought a bunch of old hats <laughs> like fedoras like they wore in the 1930s, and and the girls who were in the movie had been in a singing quartet and they had like 1940s dresses so they would wear those and everybody dressed up basically it was a it was an excuse to dress up and and kind of act stupid in front of a camera we did a good job of that we were really good at that acting stupid but there were others friends (laughs) Uh, i don't maybe that's maybe that's a separate podcast that might be there was uh there was a the maltese duck. duck Mm-hmm. Not the Maltese Falcon, mm-hmm. the Maltese Clever. Duck. Uh, and Gone were, with the Breeze. Gone with the Breeze. <laughs> and if you ever, well, it was, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they're not on YouTube. They should be. I, you know, I need, never even thought about that. You I guess I need to there. give them restored first because a lot of them are not in very good shape. But that's, that's actually not This was on 8mm, right? We started on 8mm. We moved our way up to Super 8. Then we moved our way up to Super 8 sound movies. Look out now. Which had, which was a cartridge. With the movie film had a little tiny strip of audio recording tape on the edge, and it recorded a soundtrack along with the movie. This was a Kodak thing in like the mid-70s. I mean, we quit really just about the time that, that, audio, that video cassettes were being used, because mm-hmm. we would have loved those. Mm-hmm. Because we used to make the movie, then we'd have to take him to the drugstore and wait for a week to get him developed. <laughs> I thought it was like a month. It we got to send like him it. to Peru to get developed. <laughs> it then... got so that the woman at the Walgreens would be like, "Hey, Dave, how you doing?" You know, and I'd be like, "I got twelve <laughs> rolls of film here to take in." And yeah, and it was—I mean, it was a really—we really had a lot of fun with it. When yeah, we, were, we did it when was we were teenagers, fun. and and uh, um, I, I should do something with them. I just. 
know. Well, we we thought that. I mean, you know, they they're were, terrible. I mean, let's <laughs> stipulate that. But <laughs> but we didn't think they were at the time. No, well, we <laughs> thought they were hilarious. Yeah, and you know. so there's part of again, there's the same thing. You know, we 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 don't we don't necessarily think it was the greatest movie ever made, but we think about. Right. What was our exactly. environment the like good, the good when memories, we saw it? You the know? good memories we have associated with it. Yeah, that it, was, it, I, it was... I just remember one in particular. When we were shooting The Stink, we just could not stop laughing. I could not tell you what we were laughing at, but we just couldn't stop. Karen uh, and Lisa and I were in one particular scene, and we just could not stop laughing. <laughs> So that's stuff like that that made it. It fun, was, you know? it was really fun, and that was a silent movie, fortunately. So, but I do remember people having that expression on their face, like I'm really trying not to laugh at this part. Like you know, you kind of, <laughs> kind of frown excessively to kind of keep from laughing. I do, I do remember that. And we, as I say, we we did move into sound movies, and we would film them. We would find you know office buildings or places like that to shoot, and and uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah, great, great memories. Yeah. All right. Well, that I think wraps up this one, and uh, we will come back uh, with something else pretty soon. But uh, thanks for listening. Where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic with just a good-looking pan. And any shop girl can be a top girl if she pleases a tired businessman. Hooray for Hollywood! You may be homely in your neighborhood. Be an actor, see Mr. Factor, you make your kisser look good. My name's David Inman. Thanks for coming to the potluck. See you later.